Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in today for the first episode of this micro-series about courage, where I invite listeners to share short writings and reflections about what courage looks like when dealing with cancer and grief. As expected, responses have been really diverse and about a whole range of things. Some highlighted crucial moments of their cancer experience, while others share very deep and personal reflections. In today's episode, we're going to hear from a few people who touched on the experience of feeling like they're not being heard or seen, and the courage it took to get through. We'll start with Carly, who, as a thyroid cancer survivor, has to see an endocrinologist on a regular basis to get a prescription for the medication that replaces the function of her thyroids. The dosage is based on the results of some blood tests and how Carly is personally feeling, but the endocrinologist often gives the blood tests more weight when deciding on the dosage, and Carly has had to push the endocrinologist to factor in her inputs as well. Carly wrote, Courage when dealing with cancer is knowing how you're feeling mentally, physically, and emotionally, and standing by it even when your healthcare team fails to acknowledge it or dismisses it. It's unfortunate how common I hear about these types of experiences, and sometimes the outcome can be so detrimental. It reminds me of Emily's story from episode 23, who was a two-time UN sarcoma survivor at the time. Her medical team had twice dismissed her concerns about the pain she was experiencing, which delayed Emily from getting the treatment she needed. Here's a clip of Emily recounting the difficult conversation she had with her doctor. Both times I was diagnosed, we chatted afterwards and I say like, so what happened? Like, how was this missed? And, Mm -hmm. you know, this time I do try to understand because the scans were sent to my surgeon as well. And he glided right over it too. The lesion that they were seeing was the very beginning of the tumor growing. But my question then is, with my history, regardless of the years that had passed, why wasn't it taken more seriously? If I was sitting there trying to take it seriously, why did none of you? It can take tremendous courage to have that kind of conversation with your medical team and holding them accountable for the mistakes they've made. But we do, because it's literally life and death for ourselves, loved ones, and many others. Emily reminded us. You know your body better than anybody else, and it's okay to question or to push a bit harder. It's okay to not accept the first answer. You don't just have to blindly trust your doctor. I think what you should put a bit more trust in is your body and and what it's trying to communicate to you. Next, we're going to hear from Savio, who is a cancer survivor turned wellness coach, author, columnist, and a fellow podcaster. The scariest thing I have done is really allow myself to be seen. Cancer kept me in the dark for many years. It forced me to dig deep and to find ways and means where I can connect more deeply and profoundly to other people. This idea of being seen led me to being more front-facing and to speaking with more people and not being so comfortable in my own comfort zone behind the scenes. It also allowed me to feel and 
touch into my own power and not look at cancer as shameful, which I did. Not look at cancer as a deficit, which I did. And not look at cancer as something in which I felt less than, which I did. The scariest thing for me was being able to proclaim and to say that I went through something as horrible as cancer, but somehow I came out on the other side stronger and more focused and also committed to telling the stories of other survivors. I made it a mission to be honest, frank with my own feelings and my own experiences and to then take that and help others find a way out. I called the process crossing the bridge. For me, it was also crossing and overcoming hurdles and baggage that I've been carrying for many years. Safiel touched on something that's still very prevalent in many communities today, the shame and the expectation to keep everything on the DL when it comes to cancer. Having broken through this barrier, he's now committed to helping others do the same. He offers a ton of resources on his website, so I've included the links in the show notes for you to check out. The other thing Savio mentioned about overcoming hurdles and baggage that he has been carrying for years is also a theme that comes up in many people's experiences while dealing with cancer. We hear this in Danielle's reflection, who began treatment during the pandemic and found herself confronting a number of other traumas that's been present for years. Getting diagnosed with cancer early in the pandemic made this challenge very unique, aside the friends that I have who had gone through cancer before me. And as a therapist, my job is to hold space for others, assuage people's fears, provide them insight into their behaviors and ways to remediate them. For me, I felt like I was walking into this darkness and I was completely alone, not in a way that can be compared to depression, which I've struggled with for most of my life, but like I was walking down a dark tunnel that didn't have a light at the end and there was no one holding my hand. All of those cliches like stay strong. Ugh. I've been a strong and independent person for as long as I remember and when I was facing my cancer diagnosis, the expectation was the same. You can do it yourself. You're strong. When I was afraid, I was afraid alone. So many people in my life didn't provide support or comfort. They told me to therapy myself. And it's just cancer. Stop being so depressed. It's not like you're going to die. The way it was minimized by the majority of the people in my social circle at the time made me feel like I had to downplay the seriousness of cancer even to myself, which in turn made the entire experience even more frightening for me. I worked consistently through treatment and focused on others because it was always easier for me to focus on other people's than what was going on with myself. And also because my cancer didn't seem to matter to a single person. I was constantly afraid of what would come next. What could go wrong during surgery? How long am I going to be sick? I was sick very often after NED. I've had two more cancer scares since being told there's no evidence of disease, and I'm only a year out. I was certain that if cancer had taken my life, it wouldn't matter to anyone because it's just cancer. It wasn't going to kill me. 
I needed that space to be afraid. I needed to be heard and to be validated even a fraction of the way I do for so many others. And it was so hugely lacking for me so much longer than it should have been. Prior to my diagnosis, I began sifting through years and years of trauma with my therapist. And the second that I got the call confirming I had cancer, it all went right to the back burner for me. As the process went on, I knew one way forward was to purge myself of the past so that I could stay present and fight. So rather than slowly processing years of abuse and sexual trauma, the suicide of a boyfriend, I needed to do it right here, right now, all at once. At one point, my sister said to me, try to reframe your thoughts. When they cut the cancer out during surgery, they're cutting out the trauma too. And it took some time, but that honestly, it helped tremendously. Purging trauma while going through the biggest trauma that I've experienced, that was hard. I felt emotional and physical pain in re-experiencing everything that I had to talk through. But ultimately, it also became, (laughs) it became so freeing. So much of my past no longer has a hold on me the way that it used to, but I'm also able to see now how it defined me, how it's impacted the way that I approach the world, work, relationships, friendships, and how ultimately I truly felt unsafe and unsafe in my own body at that. Where I am today is working on processing that I am safe. I'm still free of disease, even though I just had another cancer scare within the past few weeks. And I'm starting to begin to see that there is a silver lining to all of this. I've never felt stronger in my life. I began working on my PhD while fighting through cancer. I've met some of the most amazing people through cancer support and finally let go of people that weren't true friends. I'm trying to find a way now to turn the scariest and most painful experience in my life into something positive because I've always believed that pain can be useful to you if you allow it to be. And hopefully my experience and my training could go forward and help someone else. All too often, the people in our lives are not able to show up for us when we're dealing with cancer. As a patient, survivor, or caregiver, many relationships are lost during the process but it also opens up space for people who can show up for us. And finally, to close on the opposite end of the spectrum, where someone does feel seen, Kathy wrote about an exchange she had with a stranger. While waiting after a second mammogram scan one day, I caught the eye of another woman waiting for her results. She told me she wanted to give me a bracelet and a devotional book she had, I could see the love and concern she had for me. We were strangers, crossing paths on similar journeys. I was no longer alone in a room full of people. I was seen. It's been six years, and this memory still resonates with me. It meant so much to me in an extremely stressful time. I will forever remember that moment. Kathy's story reminds us that it doesn't take much to let someone know that their pain is real and they are courageous for getting through. And that's a wrap for today. I want to sincerely thank everyone who submitted their writings and recordings for this first micro-series. It takes courage to put yourself out there and I'm super grateful that they decided to share. There are a couple more episodes coming up, but as always, 
I'd love to hear your feedback about what you liked or didn't like about this new format. You can contact me at info at talkaboutcancerpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.